Hey guys, welcome back to the Detour Live. We've only got three stages left of the 2021 Tour de France. Felt like it's gone for about four weeks at times, but we can see Paris. I'm your host, Dan Jones. As always, I'm joined by four-time national road champion from Australia, Johnny Trevorrow, Olympic gold medalist and Olympic commentator, Scotty McGorry, and the voice of cycling, Phil Liggett, who will also be commenting on the uh, Olympics for Channel 7. with he'll be commentating Scooter. as well. Com- he will be, com- yeah, he'll be commentating as well. Commenting, comedian, and commentating. You can tell, you can right, tell we get... You can tell we're yeah, like, you know, I'm excited for 6.30 to come around. So Australia East is damp time. So we can talk about the Tour de France, the great stage last night. And I'm already getting a bit, that was the most boring bunny introduction. It was almost sounds like you sound so flat there. What's wrong, mate? Well, it's just a lot of work, as you know, John. There's so much <laughs> that goes into this show. And by the time we go live, I'm just... I'm cooked, but uh, uh, now I need to mix it up. I think I think we should mix it up next time. And if you have a crack at doing the intros, because I think you're coming in. You you're actually Benjamin Button. You're getting stronger <laughs> towards the, the last part of this tour, mate. He's so up and about, is he? To, yeah, oh, it's through the roof. I can't keep up. I'm waiting so, for it. I'm keeping my ego in check right from the start because I'm sure John's going to have a crack at me at some point and, um, and berate me as he normally now, does. Now, bre- breaking news. We love breaking news on this show, and that is that NBC, the viewership, has gone through the roof, and they're saying that it's because everyone in Australia is, you know, the Detour podcast and, and it's spewing in. Everyone's downloading VPNs and they're just tracking it. all these numbers. It, it's all got to be filtering through the podcast, Phil. I think you're absolutely right because um, they sent me a mail last night after the show to say that the latest figures indicated that uh, they've got the biggest viewers on the cable network in the USA since 2011. So they're way over the top. It probably means I'm condemned to this solitary confinement forevermore. We get more viewers yeah, in here done. than we do in the done. Tour de France. So I'm, I'm done forever here now. I'm terrible. <laughs> Uh, it, hey, that it, is a problem, said, though, Phil. Oh, hey, You're right. And, uh, you say. Go on. I'm just going to say there's um, also uh, overnight, uh, Scott, overnight, um, Ben Stiller, who I do know reasonably well, but he started a movement on Twitter uh, to put Phil Liggett in vision. And um, oh. and it's, taken, it's hit the spot because I have another email from NBC saying to the technicians here, how do we get Phil in vision? Uh, and and do what Ben Stiller wants. So, boy, that man's got some power. So, <laughs> no, no, for that no, reason, no. I'm, I'm wearing a posh top tonight, just in case. Phil, if you can get interest from Ben Stiller, get him on the show. Scooter's interviewed him, <laughs> interviewed him at the Tour de France before. They're besties. I'm going to send you, Dan. Um, hang on. I'm going to send you. I do have his personal <laughs> mobile phone number, actually. Oh, hang on. Well, if you <laughs> call Let's him, get mention him on my name. Night. Get him on Mention the podium. my name and be on it. Um, Come on, Phil. Right, I'm going to send you something. Share the love. It would be a big one, wouldn't it? Oh, <laughs> it would be yeah. sensational. Oh, Almost as big as having Phil Liggett every day. That's yeah. right. Uh, I hey, uh, that. I, um, if he, the, uh, the, intro, <laughs> the intro to the show was boring, John, but how did you find the stage yesterday, even though all three of us picked the Pog to win? Yes, yes. Uh, I even had a little bet on it. Um, did, did you? What odds yeah, did you get? Yeah. Uh, oh, not that good. I think it was about four. It's about four. It wasn't too bad. That's not bad. Yeah. What are it, 30 bucks? About $10. But um, 
Uh, another great look. We thought it'd be similar. It was almost as good as the day before, just about, and, and uh, delivered. Um, lots of little side issues going on. Uh, again, um, uh, Ella Philippe, you know, doing his crazy thing at the start, but uh, yeah, a, a good stage, solid stage. Uh, interesting little battle at the intermediate sprint where Cav came out and put them all back in their place, but. Um, Overall, sensational, and um, he just showed uh, the Pog showed he's the, uh, the the man of this tour, and uh, was too strong. Really, really impressed with uh, Ben O'Connor, um, and uh, he similar the day before he went uh, with a, with the Pog for the first couple of uh, guys, and then realised, nah, nah, I've got to just drop back. He and Kelderman um, rode together over it and uh he's now got fourth place and, and i reckon he'll hold it mm. i think he will. Uh, one of the, one of the big stories free rangers called out was um the fan who went over the ravine mm. on his bike and was rescued by Fruman gilbert and bike exchanges chris yule jensen uh scooter there are there are advantages of, of being in the grappetto because uh you can keep an eye on what's going on uh, particularly at the the back with the crowds. Yeah, well, isn't it interesting though that these guys took the like? It's great that they did it. Took the time out, um, knowing that they were you know far, far enough behind, but still um, not too far behind. That they actually had the time to actually go and help this guy out. Um, but I don't think. I don't think. No, no. I think they were actually riding back. It was after the finish. They were riding down to ah. their, uh, vehicles. They'd already finished. They yeah, were rolling, yeah. rolling down together, uh, and, and then they saw it. They saw it happen. The guy went over the edge, so they stopped to help. More like, well, more apparently, like yeah, I apparently the um, the guy did say uh, when Chris was the one that climbed over the fence to go down. The guy actually said uh, suggested that Chris go back up and find someone that did actually have some arm muscles that might be able to actually help and lift him back up. <laughs> yeah, out of the, yeah. And also, what are you going to do for me? <laughs> And also, in the case of Philippe Gilbert, somebody who's had the experience of going over this and coming back up. He knew what to advise as soon as he saw the problem. He had knee pain after that for some reason didn't, and didn't crash. Yeah. <laughs> but no, what's that like for, for the people? Hey, I sent you a message, Dan. I sent you a message, Dan, as well. If you can okay. um, work is this that out. all about Ben Stiller getting his personal number and it is, tactically. Yeah. Fishing that from it, Phil. Would you would you prefer it on an email or something? I sent it to you on a, me a text message. Well, Phil, Phil, oh. the fans want it. They just do it. Diane says do oh, it. They, they you, want Diane. Ben do Stiller, and I can't see why he wouldn't want to come on the detour because he is a diehard cycling fan. Like Scooter, can you can you recall the first time? Remember that day that you come back to where you said, "Mate, mate, you're not going to believe it." I go, "What? Your Ben Stiller's like loitering around." I was like. I, I just lost it. My my brain couldn't comprehend the name of celebrity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, well, that's what well, Lance did bring. Lance, one of the other things that Lance did bring. Um, there were some other things, but he brought the celebrities. You know, Ben yes. Stiller, Robin Williams. Um, um, what's his name? The um. Matthew Texas, McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, he he brought in the the stars. And when we were working with Fox. That was one of the things, that, you know, they loved it, didn't they? If, we, if there was oh, a celebrity, yeah. and we'd go and actually ask the team, hey, you know, who's coming? Who's coming? It's, oh, yeah, McConaughey's mm. coming in a couple of days. And um, and then it wasn't for Lance, but Tom Cruise, uh, he was on the tour 
for for a day as well promoting a movie. Um, so we were chasing those those guys and girls all the time just to make mm. sure we spoke but to the, the thing big is, Boys, I've just thought of the downside of this Ben Stiller thing. It's only half past three in the morning. I don't think you get up in Manhattan uh, to do all Phil, podcast. Phil, Phil, pre-record, mate. Yeah, you we just need to for us. What, Give you us mean I do it at half past three in the morning? Okay. No, 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 no. You just handball the number and me, Scooter and Iffy, we'll look after him. It's, I'm not uh, sure I can give anybody his number. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've got he Eddie has a Merck's great story. He, he won't let me give anybody my number out. His number well, out Ben has a good story. I don't, I don't want to tell it now in case um, – should we – No, nah, look, the odds, are, the odds are sleep. The odds are sleep, Scotty. He could torture us. I don't story, reckon we get him on. We've got two days to get him on. It's not going to happen. Um so, yeah, the story was, because we was at the tour two years in a row, and the photo that I sent through to you, Dan, that's from the second year where we got confirmation that the story from the first year was actually true. Now, that was the comeback years of Lance. So 2009, team time trial, uh, Lance and the boys just missed out on him taking the yellow jersey in the team time trial, right? So it was so close to getting Lance back into the yellow jersey. It was going to be a big story. And yet there was this rumour that Ben Stiller had broken the chain on Lance's bike somehow. And we all sort of saw, thought it was, you know, look, comedian, having a bit of fun. It was a bit of a joke. And uh, the story sort of got around. After that stage, it came out that it was true. And then the next year when we bumped into him, I asked him the question and he went through the full story. He said, yeah, absolutely. Lance had set it up. The bikes were all lined up on the uh, on the home trainers getting for the warm-up for the team time trial. Lance had, you know, kind of finished his warm-up, joked to Ben to jump on his bike. The media will love it and just pedal away on, on Lance's race bike, which he did. And um, so he did that. But what he, he was changing gears while he was going as hard as he could, and the chain got jammed and twisted. So when he got off the bike, they took the bike off to get ready for Lance to go to the start line, and they realised the chain had actually been twisted, and they had to replace the chain. And they were scrambling with only a couple of minutes to put a new chain on the bike so Lance could go into the team time trial. And he joked that he did something to the bike that may have cost Lance Armstrong mm. the, the, the yellow jersey that day. And like, oh, oh, yeah, funny, man. But it was true. There, there it is. There we go. There, there <laughs> is. There's the photo you just sent through with uh, Ben. And we gave him a kangaroo badge, one of your famous kangaroo yep. badges, Iffy, that um, a lot of people probably wouldn't know, but you were probably the guy that uh, really pioneered taking over a bag of, of really cheap, uh, kangaroos. Oh, hey, 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 They were, they were bloody rippers. <laughs> Kangaroo on a bike. No, 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 no. What, what I mean, oh, what, you, what you paid for them and what you got oh, out right. of them, the tactical <laughs> approach of those kangaroo badges. I mean, oh, yeah. just give people a quick uh, run through of, of your whole era of the kangaroo badges. Uh, well, I, I became quite famous for it. You've, got, you've heard of Berta Hino is the badger. Well, I was the badgerer. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gave out quite a few. But one of the classics was we're up in uh, St. Ulrich, uh, up, up in, the, uh, in the mountains, and it was your mum and dad were with me, uh, 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 Daniel. Mm -hmm. And uh, we didn't have a hotel room booked. Funny about that. We did, but yeah. it was about 50K down the road. And we said, gee, if we can get a room up here because the rest day tomorrow, we get two days up in this beautiful town up in the Alps. Yeah. It would be fantastic. So we all walked. We tried, we tried, we tried. No, no, everything was booked. Everything was booked. I walked into this amazing, like, uh, gold star chateau type place and the Lovely lady came out, absolutely gorgeous, leopard skin outfit. I still remember her well. And 
Uh, I, I asked this, I'm sorry, this is the private, it was owned by um, the, the famous Italian uh, family, you know, make all the uh, um, jewellery and everything, I can't think of their name. Uh, anyway, I said, okay, so I gave a kangaroo badge to her daughter. She said, oh, thank you, and I gave one to her. She said, how many of you are? I said, I would need two rooms. She rented me out two rooms in this private <laughs> chateau and we didn't pay. That's unbelievable. Two <laughs> kangaroo badges. And your, badges. Your, your mother, yeah. I remember your mum, your beautiful mother Mary, made, made a, uh, a little towel for me saying, uh, sort of like, uh, um, if you experience, yeah. experience, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I just point out that um, when John started talking about your parents then, he immediately went into parent mode and called you Daniel. Oh, yeah. It's like you're in trouble. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Whenever I hear Daniel, like, I just sort of tighten mm. up. What have I done? Uh, we've got a few comments coming through, guys. Uh, Peter Williams says the last two stages were poorly designed. When you have around 100 k's of flats at the beginning of a multi-mountain stage, it's hard for a breakaway to get enough time. Do you agree, Phil? Uh, not really. When you've got a long flat stage, of course, uh, that's when they do get enough time to get up the mountain at the end. But... Um, this has been a very different Tour de France. The uh, Ineos have had nothing out of this race and they're desperate to get Canapaz onto the podium or have been these past two days. So they weren't allowing these breaks to go far before they started working. Uh, Pogacar has just done his job and, and kept it riding on the front. And it's been showed down on the mountains and we've seen who the best man is. This race has been ridden, ridden more in the manner of the days of Eddie Merckx and the days of Bernard Eno, the old-fashioned tours. Uh, and that's who uh, today reminds me of. And I can't remember, uh, and if anybody's listening uh, or watching who can, when we won back-to-back -back stages in a yellow jersey. Uh, so just let me know, because I've seen nothing on social media or the general media uh, at all, and I can't remember. Well, so throw that out to all our, 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 our wonderful listeners and viewers because I can't think of it. Probably mm. Eddie Merckx, I don't know, but see if anyone well, I can suspect jump Eddie, in their Google. Jump think. in their Google. Yeah, amazing. Go on, Will Wizard. I, I, think, I think this has been the, one of the great uh, tours de France. I mean, there has not been one boring day, not one. Every day mm. has delivered something special. Uh, it's been fantastic. John, you're you are super positive, and you say this every year. And when we're on the tour, every buffet was the best buffet ever. <laughs> yeah, but it was the last same year, old. Spiel. Last year was brilliant. Hotel, this year is even better. Always got a good bed. John, it's been good, <laughs> but I think the fact that the Pog has been so dominant on GC hasn't made it the best tour of all time. You have to no, admit to that. No, no, I don't admit to that at all. That doesn't change how good the race is. That just changes how good he is. It does. <laughs> Eddie Merckx, I mean, all Eddie Merckx's uh, two of the press were the boring because he was the producer all out. Bernie, yeah. you know. Nah, I, I think it's been a good tour. I wouldn't call it the best. I wouldn't call it the best. Well, if you it. disagree, I've enjoyed I, it. But I judge a tour. I, I judge a tour not by uh, the, the, who's going to win and the excitement of the, the first place. I judge a tour by the quality of every stage. And mm. every stage in this bike race has been bloody fantastic. Mm. Yeah, I actually I yeah. tend to agree Thank with Kevin, you, John. Cavendish, of course. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, so there's this cab story. There's the Matthew Vanderpool story. There's the first. There's Alaphilippe. 
you know, the world champion, the French darling, getting the stage win at the start as well. Um, for us, Ben O'Connor with his stage win, breakaways, so many solo victories from breakaways, you know, and that, that's always yeah. good to see. I like to see people that's rewarded for having a real go. Yeah, some, yeah lots of tears, that. lots of I'm lost for words. Lots for yeah. hugs. Lots, lots of, hugs. of words yeah. after that. Mm. But that's and just, it's not that's good, Scotty, if you're lost for words when you're commentating, is it? It's, it's a bit of a <laughs> no, yeah, I'm lost for words. Well, we actually had that uh, We had that in the tenets when um, um, Ash Barty won, um, uh, a mate of ours, yeah. Todd Woodbridge, was basically like that. He was so emotional in the commentary that they, when really? they went back to him watching that game, uh, watching that match, he was, look, I'm lost for words. He didn't know what to say. He was in tears. Yeah, he loved it so much. It was, yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah, see that passion come through. I, I, I tend to agree passion. with it. Look, when you look at the overall classification, five odd, odd minutes, yeah, sure, uh, Pogacar, you know, we, we remember, go back a few days and we were saying, well, hey, you know, could there be a crack? Maybe there might be. And then mm. as we got closer and closer, it was, oh, no, possibly not. And then he blew everyone away. And I reckon the back-to-back yellow jersey um, question, there's a good reason that it could have been yeah. Merckx. Because Three Ranger. People, Last yeah, one was Merckx. Two mountain stages in yellow, Merckx. Yep. Yeah, there you go. So I've got to um, meet this Free Ranger. Oh, he's he knows we can break that down, yeah, right? Good. So if you if you go back to so Merck's had thirty four stage wins now. He's, well, at least that, right. Yeah, that, mm. and that's the equal of so Cavendish is equal to that now, and Cav comes in and wins four, five, sometimes six stages in a tour as a pure sprinter. The sprinters always typically win more than your GC yeah. or your mountain type riders. But if you go back to Merck's day, you're talking about Pogacar being dominant now. To win 34 stages as the overall winner of five tours, he absolutely slaughtered the field on so many occasions. Um, yeah. Now, everybody talked it up back then because he was so good, but I'm sure there was negative press around Merck's um, neutralising the race so much. He's the dominant force. Oh, there was. But in hindsight, was. he was a superstar and a champion. Don't forget, I was there uh, on mm-hmm. most of his tour victories. And uh, when I telephone my newspaper in London, the first question they ask is, who won today? I say Eddie Merckx. Oh, well, just give us two paragraphs, because he was mm. so good. They didn't want the story in Britain. Uh, it was amazing because cycling wasn't that popular. If we have a variety or a British winner, you get the distance. Uh, Eddie holds the record number of stage wins, if I remember right. I think it's eight uh, in the tour. The other people have done it, but Eddie Merckx doing it. And don't forget when he won. Actually, it was near where we are today at Marinx. Um, Eddie won uh, the stage by, he broke away alone in his first tour in 1969. He won by eight minutes and his breakaway was 140k alone and wearing the yellow jersey. Now, Pogaccio has got to do that today and then we'll say he's as good as Eddie Max. <laughs> well, we've got the... Uh... The viewers divided. Chatty's in my camp. He says, all those awful crashes, great riders not there. Two good stages, but many of the Chook Raffle stages were pretty boring. Uh, but Michelle, well, I can't remember uh, says, Michelle says, as a couch Peloton follower, I'm with you, John, one of the best tours to watch every day. But uh, Phil, your... would you would you agree? It's been one of the best tours? Yeah. I've, um, I know because I'm one day I commentated for five and a quarter hours. And that's a long time to sit in my little rabbit hutch here for five and a quarter hours. Um, it was, it, there was a huge problem getting down the corridor to the loo because we were never off air. And, um, oh. and they had a heck of a job bringing the loo to me, so it was a huge problem. But I must say that I think the tour's been terrific. Um, and I've never, not really had a bad stage. We've always found a storyline to keep it going. Um, I've enjoyed the tour very much. 
Free Ranger. I grew up near Harworth in the UK. Oh, no, it was. There's a memorial yes. and a small museum there. So you could be potential besties, you and the Free Ranger, moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, they all, Thank you for your research. Everybody, stats man. Stats man. Everyone needs a good stats man. Yeah. Everybody yeah. thinks Tom is a Yorkshireman, but in fact, he wasn't. He was born in Nottinghamshire. Uh, if he is one you for go. you, Scott Davies says, when Dave Brailsford was on the podcast, he said Ineos would be riding a more attacking and exciting style. Seems to be the old sky days with riders on the front riding tempo. What's going on, John? Yes, uh, they haven't been sure able to produce that. that. Yeah, they haven't been able to produce it. They've been trying to get it, come up with uh, a tactic that does something for them. It hasn't worked. Um, they haven't, uh, you know, they've almost been riding most of the stages like they were extra team uh, for, for UAE, you know, just on the front, helping out UAE, although they were obviously trying to get Carapaz, you know, tire, tire, tire out the pog or something, but it hasn't worked. And they're, they're going to go through this tour without a stage win. Uh, I can't see they're, they're not going to win one. They've got, uh, they're not going to win the sprint stage today, I wouldn't think. And uh, they no. won't win the time trial tomorrow. Carapaz uh, uh, will lose a you know, minute and a half tomorrow on the pog. Um, he'll keep his third place. He'll finish, they'll finish third overall, but that's all they're going to get out of it, which is uh, for, for a team with 50 million euro budget, evidently, um, mm. that's uh, not good enough. That's that mm. reeks of a full review. Mm. Full review. Yes. Um, full review. Matt, yeah. Yeah. Matty Pointer just sent me a message, guys, to say to remind us that uh, Bernahino won seven stages in the '79 tour, and mm-hmm. he won three of the final four stages as well, including that final stage on the Champs Elysees. So in the yellow jersey, in a bunch sprint on the Champs Elysees, the overall winner of the tour after winning seven for the whole tour. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Freddie, Martin, yeah. Freddie Martin's yeah. won eight stages as well. And, uh, yeah. and and the green jersey yeah. and 13, 13 in one Vuelta is that right? Exactly. I thought I, thirteen I thought it in the Vuelta, but it might be thirteen. No, yeah, thir- thir- thirteen in the Vuelta. Scooter Chris Rowe wants to know: Can O'Connor TT? Mm, it's yeah. not his best. It's not his best suit. But um, um, we saw that he was always uh, best thirtieth hours th- now. Yeah, he actually didn't do a bad time trial in that first run, considering he was actually a bit hurt, and he owned, and uh, he ran. I thought it was pretty first, but it was only like a minute and a half down or something. It wasn't that far down, and he only Kelderman uh, only beat him by seven seconds. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. And, and but see, Kelderman, Kelderman historically has been a, a pretty decent time trialer. And I remember it was maybe last year's Giro, we were talking it up, you know, talking about you know whether Kelderman's going to be. A, do the time trials, you know, at a great level or not, and um, and he he wasn't that outstanding. So I think maybe over the last few years he's compromised his time trialing for his climbing. Um, so it'll be a pretty good battle between those two. I think on paper you'd say Kelderman is better, and he did beat him in the first time trial, but but not by much. But it's who's got the legs. Um, and I must say Definitely. Kelderman, yeah, Kelderman. Um, you know, they look like hey, even when they crossed the line and Ben, you know, put his hand out, a bit of a fist pump with him because it was the final battle that those two were going to do before the time trial. Um, they were pretty even. These last two stages, they've been very, very even on form. So it's going to be a great little race between the two. I think um, I think Ben um, has got enough to hold on. I hope so. Yeah. Hope yeah. you're right. 
he was the national okay. champion. So I've been, I've been uh, texting uh, back and forth with Ben's dad, John, who's uh, uh, in France at the moment, to make sure we can get Ben on uh, next week on, on the podcast to talk about uh, his great tour. And uh, so, look, hold this space, but I think uh, next week, Tuesday or Thursday, uh, we'll we'll get him on the show. He was um, he was thirty first in that first time trial, but yeah, only seven seconds behind Kelderman. So yeah. it's who's yeah. got the legs. Three weeks in. Yep. Okay, if exactly so, right. you're going to write obviously an article at some point for the Geelong Addy about you know comparisons, you know Ben O'Connor, Cadell Evans. What does he need to do after this tour? What what does he need to do to go away if he really wants to be a serious GC contender at the Tour de France? You know to get to the to the level of a Cadell Evans and and do we have a potential Tour de France winner? Knowing that the Pog, Roglic, you know, you're up against these sort of hitters for the next sort of half a decade at least. Well, that's good. That, that's going to be the, the biggest challenge, of course. But look, he's going to most likely finish fourth. That is the third best placing of an Australian in the history of the race in his first attempt. That's pretty good. I mean, he, he's um, only uh, uh, Cadell and uh, and Richie, Richie. Who, third last year, they're the only riders to do better than that in the history of the tour. Phil Anderson, twice fifth. So that's pretty impressive. And it's his first tour. And he's a natural grand tour rider. We saw that last year in the um, in, in the Giro when he, uh, right at the end of it, he got second in a stage, hard day, and come out and won the next day. That means you there's something in your genes that allows you to do the three-week race well. It's, it's either there or it's not. A lot of good, really good bike rides just haven't been able to put three weeks to it together. Like Mick Rogers, who was a, a fantastic bike rider, uh, uh, for week-long 10-day events, but just didn't have the makeup for three weeks, which he admitted himself. Uh, he's obviously got that. Now, that's a big thing. It's his first Tour de France. He's going to finish fourth, most likely, if, or fifth at worst, but I reckon he'll be fourth. That is very impressive. So what's he got to do? Well, he's got a time trial is going to have to lift quite a bit, but he probably as good as Carapaz now, so uh, or not far off, and he's you know being touted as a, a, a future Tour de France winner. So he's got to be in the in, in that mix. It depends how he develops. I mean, the way mm. he races, he's aggressive. We'll just see what happens over the next uh, uh, next twelve months. He's got to also uh, get onto a top team. I mean, AG Two R been the most faithful team to the sport. Uh, but this team couldn't get him, couldn't help him win the Tour de France, so he probably would have to consider his future and see what offers came from teams who may have seen some talent in him. Uh, but he's just, he's, just, he's just he's just signed for four years though. Uh, uh, Basically, yes, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I know he's got a long term contract, but uh, unless they strengthen their team to back him, then he will never win the Tour. We'll wait yeah. and see. Yeah. Uh, Phil, oh well. Okay. If, if, What's his name? The Pog, whose team has stepped up this year. He won it with our team last Brilliant. year, mate. Brilliantly. Uh, yes, indeed. If you do it that Brilliant. way, if it comes in really late like that and come into Paris yeah. in your slippers, yeah, it can be done. Okay. The Pog <laughs> is different uh, to everybody else. <laughs> you, you've got to head off in two minutes, Phil, but last one from Stuart. Oh, so you're so good to me, looking after me yeah. like that. 
It sounds like the days might be numbered of having TV networks having the presenter and commentators on the ground to provide the coverage. SBS oh coverage goodness. hasn't suffered and must have saved a fortune. We've mentioned this a few times, but do you mm. think this is going to be the norm moving forward? Like, given that you you just said, you know, the numbers are, are really strong. Well, it's already become the norm in business life in London. Uh, businesses now were lifting all restrictions on Monday even if we did have 49,000 cases yesterday. Um, but all restrictions come off Monday. Uh, but the firms are saying, come in two days a week. And if it's possible, just do the other three days at home. And so consequently, people are going to adapt to change in the way they do production. We've always been moving technically to, to such a situation. Um, it's not the real thing. I mean, I've got the benefit of covering the Tour de France from site for 46 years 47 years whatever it is and and all that experience and having been there and done that i'm i'm using now when i'm on television here all day i know the towns already i don't need to go back and check them out again you know i know who runs the baker shop in the bog in the grand bonon in the alps for example and stuff like that so i think at the end of the day you need to be part of the scene we call it a family but um, I think the long term might well be. I mean, after all, I'm doing the Olympic Games from London uh, when it starts for Channel 7. Well, for a start, they start, they save $6,000 on the air ticket. They saved uh, 18 days in a, in a top hotel with all meals. Um, so, yeah. And they halved my salary. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. They halved my salary as well to do it from London. So, you know, it, they're saving all around, aren't they? And, mm. and you won't know, I'm working with Scotty. We've done the rehearsals in London to, to a Sydney studio. It was perfect. It was perfect. Mm. Um, mm. I have a spy camera on Scotty, like just like now. I can see him all the time. I know what he's doing. Uh, just like I have here mm. with Bob Roll. I can so see him. Big brother, it's Big Phil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I go well, home well, every night. But hey, I, I'm still getting up. I'm, I'm working along the day, traveling into London, doing the job and traveling home. Um, I'm only home in the house in time for dinner, then I'm in bed, and I'm up at 5.30, and the process starts again. So it's not a shorter day. In fact, it's a longer day. You'd think I would be having my feet up, but I'm not. Well, we have to obviously mention the uh, foundation. Yes, he is. K-A-R-I-E-G-A.co.za forward slash Peloton. We're in talks because obviously uh, Jason from the Miller Resorts has offered up a fantastic incentive for people to donate, and that is uh, mm. five days accommodation worth uh, 10,000 US. So we think we're going to extend that till if he the end of the Vuelta. So we'll keep pushing yep. the donations. Well, that'd be very welcome. Too, too big of a prize just yeah. to give it three days. Um, and if that's not an incentive, I mean, you should have been inspired enough from all the stories that were shared so far, but um, any donation makes a difference. So just keep it going because we really want to get to the $35,000 mark. So everyone who's donated already will go into that yeah. draw, uh, so right through to the end of the world. So it's going to be great. We'll give you more information as, it, as we uh, get it. Uh, Tr as Trish is on the up. case, Phil. Trish is on the case, so we're She's laughing. always on the case, Trish. And once once we finish our podcast, we're getting back to the monthly rides, which you're all very welcome to join us on, on Full Gas. And we're, yep. we're lining up some very interesting people uh, concerned with, with the saving of the animals in Africa, uh, the vets and the people that have operated on 
like Tandy. Uh, you've just seen the, the rhino in the picture there. But that now South Africa has another huge problem. Not only is COVID really ripping the country apart, apart but the, the rioting which is now going on. Um, oh, friends yeah. of mine oh, from Durban that, yeah. are doing night patrols now. Um, all of his staff from his company have been told to lock themselves in the homes and do not come out or come to work, of course. He's been delivering milk to the houses because people won't go outside. The riots are violent. Uh, there's quite a lot of people killed already. And within a kilometre of my mate's house in Durban, it's just a, a fireball as they build down. They're just burning down mm. factories. This is all to do with the ex-president, Zuma, who got uh, put in prison uh, this week. I don't know what took so long for, uh, for contempt of court. Yet he is known to be the most corrupt person in the world. And all his supporters have started writing. So where can you go? And, and Sunday is the great man's day. Uh, Mandela Day is on Sunday. How they can do this to the, one of the greatest uh, men I yeah. ever know, I don't know. Yeah, shocking. Hopefully it, uh, it starts turning around pretty soon because, yeah, we were, we were getting fed a lot of that back here in Australia. and um, yeah, yeah, well, so look, here it's hardly being mentioned. I can't believe that the BBC is hardly mentioning it at mm. all. It's, it's a disgrace. Yeah. Well, as we said, donate to the foundation. Every dollar counts because it's real crunch time at the moment with COVID. So um, really appreciate it. And, and thanks again to everyone that has donated and uh, people like Jace uh, at the Miller Resorts that are giving incentives and Let's Go Motorhomes and Bike Exchange. They're all getting behind it. So uh, we'll keep chugging along, mate, uh, till definitely the end of the for Walter. So uh, thanks again for joining us, Phil. You've got, you've got to go back on SBS well, tonight, mate. Yes, apparently, yes. We made rather a mess of it yesterday. What's that finger for, Scotty? Uh, just before you jumped off, that's all. Just um, uh, I noticed the Wheel Wizard has said that, yeah, Hino did, uh, backing it up as well, what Matty Pointer was saying, Hino won back-to-back uh, -back in yellow in 79, just for your Good stats man. It tonight. To, yeah. It had to be the big five. Yeah. And I, yeah. got, I might have five minutes before we go live, so I'll check it all up. And I'll look really good on air now. I will mention <laughs> none of the credits for what people have said after. They <laughs> <laughs> all came from my idea. That's it. Well, it did. We, it we, did. Look, we look forward, uh, Phil, to tomorrow night's show with a pre-record with Ben Stiller. We're sure that you're going to hook it up for the <laughs> listeners. And uh, we look forward to checking in, mate. All you have to and, do is send, send him a DM and say, the guys on the podcast would love to talk to you. Are you interested? And yeah. then if he doesn't reply, just send us his number and we'll sort it out. Horse is heading to bed. And tomorrow night we could be talking about the record. Cavs right. finally we breaking the record. And, Can you do it? And, let, and let's hope too that by tomorrow, we've still got today to get through, that Ben O'Connor's done a good enough time trial to secure um, – Fourth yep. place in the tour because that's some ride, I'll yeah. tell you. That's some ride. Yeah. yeah. Just My ask ATP Ben Stiller. Just ask Ben Stiller for his email. We will send him a link to the show and a time. We'll pre-record it I've... and we'll just talk bikes. And why would he knock that back? I can't. I can't understand. It's all for the viewers. What time, what time of the day would you want to? Pre anytime. Anytime. Another... We're in lockdown in Melbourne. Anytime. We've got nothing to do. If it's yeah. two in the morning, whatever. Yeah. It's on Ben's time. So two in the morning. Thanks for organising that, Phil, and uh, the listeners were yeah, obviously right. live, so they're, they're very excited. <laughs> Look, I, I will. I, I'll DM him. But that can't hurt. He'll kill yeah. me. I know. But at least it's not my fault then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll mate. send him well, a DM. You're a legend. Before I go on air. All right. 
Good okay. on you, Phil. Okay. All right, bud. Gentlemen, See you, mate. you all look so handsome. Either I'm spending too long away from home or you're getting more good looking. All right. <laughs> all the best. Good on you, Phil. <laughs> no worries. Phil, look at the voice of cycling who needs to clean his lens. Uh, that's what happens on day 18 of, day 19 of the Tour de France. We okay. It, what do you think of the odds of getting Ben still on tomorrow? Ah. Uh, 10%. What's your favourite? What's your favourite Ben Stiller movie? Jeez, where do you start? Uh, Long Time Polly have to be up there. Uh, Tropic Thunder. Like um, Tropic Thunder. Yeah. yeah, really good. Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Okay. Cycling. Got Lance Armstrong in that one too. Cameo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll something I'll about Mary. He's old man. He's old man. Nah, he's old man. He's, he's a pisser. Frank. Yeah. Was, meet, was. meet the Fockers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. Seinfeld. Seinfeld does. You know all the Seinfeld. That's something people won't know about uh, Dan is he can pretty much recite every episode of Seinfeld. Obsessed. I went on the Kenny Kramer reality tour in New York, the real Kramer. Um, that was just a cash grab, but still loved it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, here's an ad break uh, from our mates at Let's Go Motorhomes and Bike Exchange. We all love an open road and often – they're easier to find during quieter times of the year. In a Let's Go motorhome or camper van, you can road trip in comfort and style any time of the year. When the roads are quiet, you can get where you want quicker and easier without jostling for position. Chances are your destination won't be as busy too, which means you'll enjoy your travelling adventure even more. Plus, if you book a Let's Go motorhome or camper van, in the off-season, you pay less, meaning you can travel longer. There's a type of motorhome or camper van for everyone, so you won't have to compromise on what you want. The whole range has the things you need to help create the perfect road trip experience, including heating and cooling, keeping you comfortable on the road all the time. Whether there's two or six of you, there's a motorhome for everyone. And in a Let's Go Motorhome, your journey can be just as fun as the destination you want to reach. The open road is calling. Check out some of our great offers online today and start planning your next road trip. Rain, hail or shine. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs, semi-amateurs, and pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank and these bars. This could be the perfect match, but not this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns, and rides. Thanks again to Bike, Bike Exchange and uh, Let's Go Motorhomes. Uh, Stuart McIntosh, uh, he had a question for Phil and Scoot. Obviously, Phil is gone, but who are the Aussie cyclists that are the best mental chances in Tokyo? We need to set up our viewing schedules 
for the fortnight, Scotty? Okay, the best chance, um, several, we've got several good chances, but probably the best chance is in the newest of the sports, BMX Freestyle with um, Logan Martin. He won the World Championship only like, six weeks ago. Um, and unfortunately, our former world champion, who actually has a, a run that would have outscored Logan and therefore would have won the title and they would have been gold and silver. They've both been world champions in the last, you know, well, they've, uh, Logan's a couple of times uh, and uh, Brandon Lupus is the other guy. He blew his knee out on one of the tricks, just landed awkwardly and um, did his ACL. Um, but had he completed that run, uh, if he would have, could have, should have, but he didn't. But, uh, yeah, we could have had gold yep. uh, and silver at the World Championships, then they would have been the two favourites for the medals. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're looking pretty good. There will be a massive push for BMX Freestyle after these games in Australia, um, especially if Logan wins. And Natalia Deem is our best female. She's up for a medal, maybe not gold favourite. And men's team pursuit. Ten, men's Team Pursuit is going to be an absolutely cracking event. Obviously, you know, I'm biased being a trackie, but, um, you know, the Aussies have been uh, thereabouts to the world record um, and doing some incredibly fast times even just uh, in the last week or so. And uh, typically the Team Pursuit, the last two Olympics it's been, or well, last three really, it's been Australia versus Great Britain. This is now Australia versus Great Britain, Denmark, um, uh, even uh, Italy, Switzerland. There are five countries. New Zealand is another one. There's six countries that could uh, that will be fighting for the medals. So this is going to be the best team pursuit program we've seen at uh, the Olympics for a long time. Uh, Michelle has got a question that you could probably answer. Ify, uh, could you guys comment on the current top five GC regarding their expected time trial experience? I'm wondering what you think Ben's chances are to move into position three. Given that it's sprint, time trial sprint, it obviously comes down to the time trial. So what do you think is going to be the final GC standing for Ben O'Connor, lads? I think he's going to be fourth. He's not going to – it's a Carapaz. Uh, he is uh, – what is he? Carapaz 551, Ben. Uh, so it's three minutes. He's not going to – they, they won't – if he beats Carapaz, it would be a surprise in the time trial. Uh, he'll probably be, I reckon, probably about 30 seconds slower, I, I would think. He'll be in that ballpark. But Carapaz is not great, but he's not going to gain three minutes on him. So I, I think – the, the placings as they are is where they're going to stay. The first five are going to stay uh, um, as they are. So, Pog, it'll be a great race on, uh, uh, on Saturday in the time trial between uh, Pogacar and uh, Stefan Kung. Um, there was only like 19 seconds or something between them in the first one. Um, but I, Kung, Kung will really put up a, a close battle. It'll be those two and Daylight third, I, I, I reckon. Um <laughs> Don't forget Woot, your mate Woot. He'll be yeah. in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I think he'll be about 30 seconds back. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's about two and a half minutes, I think, Carap uh, Connor to Carapace. Regardless, you're right. There's, there's flat course. It's, it's, yeah. um, I don't think Ben can pick it up. He's going to be – like going into this, it's a battle like Pogaccia – either for the win of the stage, but win of the tour anyway. He's got so much time. You know, he could have mechanical mishaps and still come away with this win. So he's got he's got the overall win, you would think. Then it's a, a real fight for seconds, which um, uh, Vinegard should more than likely get. 
And then there's a battle for fourth, which we hope and think that Ben might also be able to hold on to. But there is a real series of battles, um, as always, I guess. But, yeah, there is a real distinct couple of battles there for second and for fourth. Yeah. I, the, the vinegar guard or, or vinegar <laughs> will um, probably beat uh, Carapaz by, yeah, getting close to a minute, I would say. that That's the difference yeah. in them, you know. Looking at at the first time, they're both going fairly strong. There's not much difference in the way they're finishing this race. So you you would think uh, uh, Jonas would would take uh, close to a minute out of him. Yeah. Uh, Will Wizard wants to know, Scooter. Now that Scott sees the chats, I'll ask him: Was Cam I to ride the Madison as well as the road at the Olympics? Yes. So um, his main event, like he was selected into the road, but he was actually, you know, the main point was to go there and ride the Madison and possibly the Omnium, but that changes things now with him not going there. So, uh, yeah, um, it looks like, you know, more than likely Lee Howard, who, you know, former Madison world champion himself, will slip up now into to Cam's position. So, um, and look, one of the things that, you know, the, the Madison itself has changed a lot. It actually has a lot since I was racing it. Um, you know, we're riding much smaller gears. Bigger gears were just starting to come in, but we were still riding pretty high cadence um, events back then. Whereas now you've got these guys, you know, like Michael Morku is still one of the hot favourites for the Madison and look what the job he's doing at the Tour de France. Now, the track is at the second week, you know, then the Madison's right at the very end of the game. So he's still got from the end of this, um, you know, he's got almost three weeks until he races. But they're coming off the road now with so much strength. Roger Kluger is another one that, you know, has gone straight from road tours off to win, you know, Madison World Championship only, you know, the next day, within a couple of days. So they've just built up so much aerobic strength and using bigger gears on the track has changed the way the Madison racing has come, has gone about. And it's almost the same as kind of in a different way, but it's like the sprinting on the track as well. They're riding monstrous gears now and it's just like, you know, big rail rail cars, you know, big drag races that are happening on the track with these huge gears with enormous torque. It's made it a bit more boring. Not, not quite as boring when it comes to the Madison event, but, uh, yeah, just these big, strong guys coming off the road, that's what they were hoping to try and get out of camp, to be that big sort of talky motor in the Madison pairing with um, Kel O'Brien. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, it's not going to be the case now. Jeez, it must piss off the cycling fraternity that an event like the Madison went out of the Olympics, yet if you're a good swimmer, you can win a bag of seven goals for all the different disciplines. Yet from an entertainment spectacle... The Madison, iffy, you'd have to argue, is one of the most entertaining track events on the program. Yep, yep. I can't believe that. It's good to see it back. It was ridiculous that it stopped. But look, how, how did they get it back? That's what I want to know. How did it come back in, Scooter? Um, yeah, I'm not really – I'm actually not that sure how they got it back in. I don't know who lobbied for it because typically, you know, the, the situation is for, for – um, for the Olympics, it's all about quota, right? So, how many how many medals can each sport get? And when BMX made the decision that they're bringing BMX into the Olympic Games, then it wasn't like, well, let's have extra medals for cycling. It was seen as a cycling sport, although it's very, very different, isn't it, to all the other cycling disciplines? So, they had to take two two events out so that the two male and female BMX events could come in. So they took out the 500-metre time trial that Anamir's won in 2004, that was gone in 2008, and the kilometre time trial for the men. So those two events went out, BMX came in. But they haven't taken any other events out this time. They've brought in BMX Freestyle and the Madison has come back. So I'm not. it's great, but I, I'm not sure how that's come about. My take on swimming, no disrespect to anyone that's a swimmer. Um, hey, but I put don't this, worry about it. 
<laughs> I put this to Chris Hoy in a, an interview years ago because it was he, he won the event in 2004, the kilometre time trial, and I said, you know, did it, you know, upset you that your pet event was taken out of the games, you know, for BMX, but swimming hasn't lost. They've only gained events over the years. Um, and I said, look, it's like this, like because obviously in cycling you've got different events because there are different tactics, there's slipstreaming, all these things, drafting that make the Madison to the track sprint to the Kieran to the road race all very, very different, okay? And it's rare that you can win more than maybe two maximum three medals uh, as a cyclist if you're a sprinter, not perhaps not so much as, a, as, a, as an endurance rider. But if you look at swimming, the fastest stroke is freestyle, okay? So you could have freestyle, yep, keep it. That's the fastest one. But you've got butterfly. And when's the last time anyone went down to the pool and just went and did a casual butterfly? Like it's such a difficult stroke that you have to be very specific to do it to do the butterfly, but it's not as fast as freestyle. Then you've got backstroke. And I, my theory on backstroke is that for anyone who trains on an outdoor pool, you do backstroke just to even up your tan so you get a bit of a tan yeah, on the stomach as well as on the over. back. When you're yeah. hungover. <laughs> well, hungover is the next one, right? Because that's the breaststroke. And breaststroke's really best used when you're up at Hamilton Island and you're just cruising over to the bar when you're in the pool. Yeah. Right? That's what breaststroke's for. Get rid of, all, <laughs> get rid of <laughs> those three. Are they bringing in the backstroke where, but with one hand tied behind, behind your back? Aren't they bringing that one dog in? Paddle. Well, well, that's a bit like <laughs> dog paddle, wasn't it? So if you get rid of backstroke, um, breaststroke, and butterfly, have freestyle, you've got the fastest, mm. the best of all the different disciplines in all the different distances and relays, but you don't have the medleys, you don't have um, all those other three disciplines, you bring the team quota way, way down, and we can have all hey! of We're joined by Head DS for Team Brightness Change, Matthew Backstroke Wade. champion. <laughs> we're just talking about swimming, Marty. So, yeah, we're way off the mark. Talking about two of the France, we're talking about swimming. <laughs> we're talking about swimming, were we? Swimming. Yeah. Swimming. Yeah. The, yeah. Different events. All the different events. We were, he was ranting. We're talking about with, with swimming when they brought in synchronised diving. Of course, they took the 200 metres out. Oh, no, they didn't do that, did they? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Medicine, oh, yeah, long story short. But we don't, you can, you can go back and watch the podcast later, Whitey, and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a that. long day We're today. Stretching. I might have. A, I might have a chance to. Yeah. <laughs> Whitey, there's three days to go this year's Tour de France. I'll put my hand up and say I'm pretty cooked. How are you guys travelling? And have you got any funny stories or just just throwing it out there, mate? Have you got anything that you can mix it up with? Because uh, yeah, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm as they say, the, the thumbs under the chin. A block. A yeah, block. well, I have, we, we we went for it. Remember the hotel, Jonesy, that we always stay in Ho? Yes. On the, out in, in Leskar, where, where the gypsy encampments are. Yes. So we went for a run uh, yesterday morning. Myself, uh, myself, Matt Heyman, uh, went for a bit of a jog yesterday morning. It was about 7 o'clock in the morning. And uh, we started hearing these dogs barking. And out, come, out of uh, the gypsy encampment come these two little dogs. And uh, it's the fast. It's certainly the fastest myself and Matt have run for a long, long time. Uh, but they, but not only did they chase, they chase us a long, long way. But it would have been quite a funny sight to see uh, two grown men getting chased by chihuahuas. Um, <laughs> but for a good two to three hundred meters, for a good two to three hundred meters, it was. They didn't give up easy. They didn't give up easy. And go up easy. Oh, that's great. I remember we got chased one time by a massive dog, Ify, when we were staying at Gizzers, and Bill Schwarzenberg was with oh, us. Yeah, yeah. And there was a dog. It looked like a horse. 
And this guy yeah. was like the crocodile hunter, <laughs> and he just held his ground with a big stick yeah. and went back at the dog because dogs smell fear. So these chihuahuas would have seen two grown men running, <laughs> thought, hey, we're a fair fight here. We're going to take them down. <laughs> You've got to hold your ground. Well, it would have been a size 44. We would, it would have been a size 44 shoe in the back of a couple of them if they come any closer, <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> how, how is the fitness routine at the tour? Because uh, in the past, we used to get the boxing pads out. And I remember famously Jerry went for a box one time and Bannon almost gave him the Hayfield handshake, which could have ended in tears. But um, what, what is the daily fitness routine on the tour, mate? Yeah, mate. Well, the, the last couple of years, uh, actually, I think you, I don't know. I might have only sparred once or twice since since you left the team. I don't think too many too many of the staff are into the uh, into the bo- boxing, but the gloves and the mitts are still under the truck. Um, we've been out running, running or walking every single day. I haven't missed a day since I got in. I think I'm averaging about 45, 50k a week. And uh, yeah, it's been. We do something. It's good. It's real good when you're in the car for so long every day. We just get out and have a out of it. It's a it's a social thing. We don't run. We don't run that hard. Um, but it's good to get out and have a good sweat and clear the head and uh, and have a chat about things. Some days we walk, some days we run. But we've been doing about fifty k a week. Mm. Is that the so biggest I thing? I was, I was just going to say before we get to the serious stuff. But is that is that's the biggest thing with the the fitness routine? Is is the mental like rinsing almost because the Tour de France can actually be quite stressful. But if you get a good routine going, that must be pretty important to have just that daily release part of the routine, yeah? Yeah, it is. I, I think everyone's different. But I'm someone, even at home, I, I don't go. I, I wouldn't go 48 hours without doing some type of exercise, where it's walking, running. Uh, at home, I ride. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy exercise. And I think it's even more important when you're in a stressful environment which is yeah, what we're doing. And also, it's also for us, um, we're spending so much time uh, sitting down. Mm. It's also good for your back. It's also good for your back to walk or run every day. And uh, and I just, it just it is a good little stress relief. And also, the other one is um, I, I do like my food and drink and uh, and I want to look, look after myself. So I, it's easier for me to go for a 45-minute run than say no to a good feed. <laughs> Iffy. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, minus, look, the, the, minus the exercise bit, Johnny. I, I, I ride my bike for an hour twice a week. What are you doing, Johnny? Yeah. Out for a ride twice, twice a week? Twice a week, one hour. Yeah. It's sometimes uh, three. Funny. <laughs> that's good at your age mate real good get stuck, yeah. get stuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got we've got uh, a long day in the saddle today it was 207 kilometers uh, yeah but there is a there is a cat for uh, just 10 12k in what is it and um, what's the plan of attack it's your last chance I mean I, I, we keep saying it but You've got to have some plan of attack for, for uh, that battle for the green. Yeah, look, yesterday we tried to uh, to make it real aggressive at the start, but the, the general trend we're getting here is that there's a lot of teams that lights are out. And, uh, you yeah, know, we are a team of five, and we've obviously – we're doing what we can to make these, make these, make these starts aggressive so we can try to get a, a group off the front. Today will be no different, um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if the sprint teams, you know, Alpacin – and uh, and Quickstep are able to to shut stuff down early because uh, they will want to sprint for sure. Uh, it's 
no wind at the moment, but it, we're going one direction for 207 kilometres and uh, it's it will turn into a headwind. So it'll be a long day in the office, but uh, you know, we'll be lining up for the intermediate sprint, whether it's for 20 points or, or 10 points. And, and today's final is, you know, it's slightly uphill today. Uh, I think it'll be a messy, messy sprint this afternoon because uh, the, the the final six or seven kilometres, well, the, the whole day is pretty uncomplicated. So it, there's going to be a lot of room to move for these sprint teams and these sprinters. Eight teams have won a stage here, uh, and I think it'll be a messy sprint and a hard one to uh, hard one to control, even for quick step because the roads are so wide and there's no real obstacles in the final today. Uh, Andy Matthew says in his post-race interview yesterday, Cab talked down the chance of a win today. 207 Ks is a long way to control and the ride on the front, but Cab is still $2.40 hot favourite for the win. Um, do, do you buy into any of this post-race talk and tactics and that? No, <laughs> no. no. I've been around long enough, mate, not to buy into that BS. Uh, <laughs> mate, Cab... Cav wants to Cav wants to, to win today's stage. There's, there's no doubt. Why wouldn't you? If you're the fastest guy here, and uh, there's a sprint stage, you got two sprint stages left. He wants to leave with six wins if he can. Yep. Actually, actually Whitey, that just yeah. Of course, he wants to win. Why? Why? Why just beat the record by one? If he's if he's going to do it, yeah, and you want to have one in the pocket, don't you? In case it doesn't go right today. But um, there was a little bit of criticism towards um, Pogacar for chasing down mass and going for the stage win yesterday as well. Um, and it was actually from the person that uh, some networks refused to name, but Lance Armstrong on his podcast, he and George Incappy were talking about how he should have just let those guys, um, you know, fight out the top and give them a bit of a stage win. Uh, and I don't understand that. He's a young guy, second tour. Why not? Which is if you can win, win, go for it. What do you reckon? What well, uh, Lance was saying that about uh, yeah. Vodka. What a yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did say that he's had a bit of a change of heart, and that morning he did walk barefoot out onto the grass so he could just ground himself with the planet. Um, so yeah, just obviously having a bit of a brain fade. That, you know, just watching it from a different perspective because he would never have done that, as we know. <clears throat> no, 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 no. He's got a <laughs> very short memory, isn't he? Um, <laughs> mate, at the end of the day. There's, there's no pres- there's no presence. Uh, Portugal's the strongest here. He wanted to win another stage. Why not? Uh, there's uh, it's not like those guys that he he doesn't owe those guys anything. Uh, he owes his sponsors, and he's going to win the Tour de France. And why not pick up a couple of stages on the way? Yeah, agree, agree. Well, mate, before we let you go, you've just done the team meeting. What was the key messaging uh, with the boys this morning? Uh, the key message was we've got to be prepared for. The unexpected in that first 30 to 40 minutes in case a bigger group because the only the only the only way that a breakaway is going to win today is um is if it's a decent sized group that's the only chance um so we're going to be prepared for that but the other one is we're just going to keep pushing quick step all the way to paris uh, no one expects us to win the the pressure is on those guys uh, and yeah stranger things have happened in bunch sprints and someone getting lost and not picking up points that's for either from us or cavendish so yeah, you know, you've got to be in it to win it, and we are still fighting away there and uh, going to give Michael the best chance uh, to win that green jersey, even though it's uh, it's it's going to be a hard one, but we're, we're not giving up. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. stuff, hey, um, um, I see Stuart McIntosh um, asked about the Bahrain-Merida situation. I know look, other DSs don't like to talk too much about what's going on elsewhere, but have you heard any more, any updates behind the scenes of what, what that was all about? Oh, look, all I know is uh, is that... 
they uh, they kept the riders from getting down to dinner until really late, uh, confiscated computers and they confiscated uh, phones. But you know, I, I think that, you know, if they found something, well, let's hear about it. And if they don't, well, let, let's also have an apology because uh, yeah. you know, if you can remember from twelve, you can you can yeah. also remember from twelve months ago with all the scandal that supposedly came out around Nairo Quintana. Well, whatever whatever eventuated out of that. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing, exactly. you know, and it's just it's like we get to the Tour de France and it's been a quiet day or two and there has to be some drama or something around doping that doesn't end up turning into anything. So I feel uh, innocent until proven guilty and there's there's nothing. No one's been arrested. No one's been charged. Uh, and it's just a blo- uh, it's, just, it's not good for the sport, the whole thing. And, and, and at the end of the day, if nothing is found and people – then where's the apology? Where's what are these? What have the guys done wrong? And I, I, uh, to keep to keep athletes up until midnight, to keep staff up until three o'clock in the morning on day seventeen of the Tour de France. Imagine this: this had happened in the middle of a World Cup football tournament. Mm. It would be worldwide scandal, you know. But because yeah. it's a tour, yeah, it's just another day, isn't it? I was I was reading uh, Sonny Cobrelli on uh, I think Cycling News or Cycling Tips, uh, talking about uh, he was pretty upset because you know he didn't sleep at all. He, you know it was the three o'clock before he really got to get, be able to go to sleep. He couldn't sleep. He's pretty upset about it. But it seemed to have come. This story started a, a couple of months ago with a French sports director. Who came up with you know, he didn't with some suspicions, but later admitted he's got no proof uh, of anything. Yeah. He's just Appreciate. it's a suspicion. So gee, you've got to have a bit more than that. Oh, you know, I, you know, it, it, for for it to get that far that that fifty police come to a hotel to confiscate some phones and computers in the middle of the Tour de France, they'd want to have that's for sure. They want to have, but look. I got no explanation for it, and I don't, dare say we'll probably never hear one. So uh, anyway, we keep rolling on. But it's, uh, yeah. I, I do feel sorry for the writers and staff that have been put in that situation at the moment for un, totally unnecessary. I think you, I think you made a great point. At the end of the day, it's like, what is the onus of proof or the evidence that you've been driven to have fifty police do the investigation? Like, if it turns out eventually that there's nothing there, well, you need to come clean with that. Needs to be transparency. And if it's nothing, if it's based on some guy going, oh, this is my hunch, that's bullshit. Because just the insinuation that there was an investigation and they're proven innocent is enough damage to cause people afterwards to go, I still don't believe it. That's bullshit, particularly in the sport of cycling. So if it's proven to be innocent down the track, people need to be held accountable, and that can't be the norm going forward. That's it. Exactly. For sure. And like, like I said, the, the example was at the end of the tour last year around Nairo Quintana. Yeah. Uh, there was a big scandal there. And, and what ended up happening out of that? Absolutely nothing. So, Which is bullshit. As you said, the sport's been through it enough. And, and we've talked about it a bit on this show. And even the insinuation with uh, Pogacar's results and the way that, you know, headlines are drummed up in certain media. Anyway, we can go on a rant for a while there, but let's keep it positive. Hope you have a bloody great day, Waddy. And we hope that uh, Blink can uh, do well in, in the sprint, particularly today. I've got a really, really good feeling. And Scotty, you want to add something before we let Whitey go? I just want to, I just want to compliment Whitey for, um, you know, going to the back of the bus and putting the Jayco logo over the shoulder there. Perfect. <laughs> That's right. Placement there. Great logo. <laughs>
And I'm We're just lucky to have another engine on either, otherwise we wouldn't be able to hear a thing. Oh, I'd be suffocating with carbon monoxide. <laughs> nah, but it's tactical, uh, mate. You know, it's Friday night. You know, Melbourne's or Victoria's in lockdown, so you know Jerry's watching. So, chapeau, mate. Well played. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I should have a bit of time to listen to some footy today, actually. Um, yeah. It's going to be one thing once after that. After that, uh, after that break of the day goes, she's going to be uh, she's going to be a long day in the car. Uh, but it's the weather's good, and uh, we're going to give it all we can to support Michael and uh, try to grab a stage win this afternoon. Good stuff, like mate. That. We appreciate you coming on the detour, mate. All the best today, Hello, buddy. See you, bud. See you, gents. See you, mate. See you, mate. Matty White, uh, head DS of Team Bike Exchange. Uh, it's going to be an interesting stage, fellas. Looking into your crystal ball, I'll start with you, Scotty. What do you think is going to happen? Um, yeah, look, I think uh, to Koenig will be. it's a long way. Sure, everyone's tired, but I think collectively they've shown to be coming through the tour pretty strong. And it wouldn't have been easy, you know, piloting Cav to the end of these mountain stages. But, um, you know, I think it's probably easier than trying to go as hard as they possibly can. So I think they'll be looking to try and control this as much as possible because, um, you know, they want to get the win before Paris. Mm. Iffy? Yep. I think uh, Carapaz is going to win in the sprint. I mean, I mean Cavendish. Sorry, Carapaz Cavendish. I, I could confuse him. Oh, I thought no, you should have left it as because I think it was, that was funny actually until you admitted that you stuffed up. <laughs> oh, I was joking. I was joking. No, okay. Um, they, uh, um, the wheel wizard gave us some insight, and and I now yep. I understand. I get it. I get why uh, why um, the Madison has come back in because he says the Belgian president um, lobbied for it. Now, the Belgian president's name is Van Damme. So if it is the famous Jean-Claude Van Damme that might happen to be the Belgian cycling president, then, mm. yeah, if, if he wants something in, mate, you're going to let him do it, aren't you? Otherwise, you'll bloody, oh, yeah. you know, round kick mate, you yeah. to the head. Round my mate, Tommy. No, t- Tommy, Tommy Van Damme. Good bloke. Good Tommy bloke. Hogan <laughs> says, love the Dan John scraps. Keep them coming, mate. <laughs> Don't worry about that. They will continue. Uh, po- a, he called you Podgy. Oh, sorry. No, he's not. Podgy is too dominant. I'm with Dan. I love the two of those. Always do. Um, I can bring, we can bring up a photo of, uh, of Podgy J- JT from, from a few years back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter Williams, question for Scotty. Should the team's pursuit be extended to 5,000 or 6,000 metres to make it more of an endurance event. Why was the in individual pursuit removed from the Olympics? Oh, now you'll get us Ooh, going. Here we go. Ooh, ooh. Um, no, oh, look, one more down, Scooter. Yeah, look, it, look, it has just evolved over the years. Um, it's still endurance, okay? So you've look at the guys that are featuring in it. Um, you know, you've, you've still got endurance endurance riders. Garrett Thomas is a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Bradley Wiggins is a two-time Olympic team pursuit gold medalist. That's only going back four years from now. Now, they are getting much more powerful. They're doing a lot more gym. But it's perhaps more for the younger riders coming through, focus on the track, you know, try and get a gold medal or a medal at the Olympics represent, and then go onto the road. And, look, we already know that we've got a bunch of the Aussies that are going to go onto the road. Uh, Luke Plaps signed a contract with Ineos. We spoke about UAE the other day and the big budgets that they have. They threw an enormous amount of money at Luke Plapp, and he decided to go to Ineos instead. Um, so, yeah, it, it's. I don't think that's too much of an issue. 
And you've got to change all the rules, not the rules, you've got to change all the records change. You know, look, we've got a history in the team pursuit going back to, you know, I don't know what the first year it was in the Olympics, but um, I will do that research for next week when I'm calling it. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we need, need to change it. Um, and the individual pursuit came out as well part of that uh, cycling quota. Too many events for, to bring other events in, you had to take something out. And um, they wanted to get rid of the, um, the Madison um, from the Olympics after 2008 because uh, I've heard a couple of things. I've heard that uh, Bernie Eccleston was sitting with Tony Blair in the stands watching the Madison and then left halfway through and Blair asked him why he was leaving and he said, mate, it's too confusing. I don't know what's happening. Um, and then that story got I back to um, the IOC or, and, yeah, and they said, oh, maybe it's, it's not made for TV. Um, but, yeah, now it's back because we don't care about Eccleston or Blair, which is good. Oh. <laughs> now, now, the individual pursuit, for the men uh, in the world championship, so for the pros, what used to be 5,000 metres and the amateurs yeah. were 4,000 and then gradually uh, it all changed. But i got to tell you, I was really pissed off when uh, – and I remember having a conversation uh, with Pat McQuaid when he was president of the UCI and we are having a barbecue at uh, Giz's mate's place. You, you remember Dan? Yes. And, and I and I actually brought it up with him. We've got it on film somewhere. I said, this is ridiculous. The kilometre time trial and the individual pursuit are two of the iconic uh, track Olympic medals that should never have been taken out. They're wonderful events um, and they should come back still. But they, I'll lobby for it. They've got to I come back. I don't remember that conversation. I just remember Tim the vet sharing all his classic yarns and Pat loving it. He was telling he was telling story about the great Dane that he had to uh, that died up in the old lady's place. He had to break its legs and throw it out the window. And oh, while, he the, while he was telling the, the story, story, the great Dane came up and stuck his uh, nose in. While well, there's another story, right. which I thought was absolutely the piss. Well, there was the one anyway. where there was a chicken. He was a vet, and he said this chicken got mauled, <laughs> and it was all. He said it's all the skin was on the ground. It looked like one of those fat-free chickens you get from Red Rooster, and the family wanted him to stitch the chicken together. And he said, "Oh, this is a huge job. You know, it's going to take me four hours. Why don't you just get a chicken for five bucks down the market?" And they said, "No, nah, it's like we love it." And then he he stitched it together, but he didn't realize that the skin was pulled a certain way with the feathers and when it all recovered, all its feathers were going everywhere. It cost him 600 quid and it was the weirdest looking chicken. So we're going to tell the classic. They're going to be this mate of ours, Tim the vet, for those listening. He's a Melbourne vet, but he was based in in, uh, uh, in England for quite a while, countryside, Cambridge or somewhere. And he said, look, the worst thing would be they bring a box. A minute, box. Like they brought in a box. You knew it would be something, and you put open up, bum, and it would bite you or whatever. But his classic story was a couple <laughs> uh, people who come in with a dog, and he had to. It had been hit by the car, but it was a family pet, and he, he had to remove both its legs. He said, "But I can't. I, I can't do it." He said, "Because they were both on the same side." So he ended up. They said, "No, please, our children cannot live without this." So he removed. The front and back legs on the one side. Now, you know, he said, if we've been the opposite side, the dogs can do anything. Anyway, a few months later, he went up to the farm to see how the dog was going, and that dog chased him, chased his car. <laughs> yeah, the two legged dog. There you go, the two legged dog out. on the one side. <laughs> he used to balance. 
<laughs> anyway, so he adapted, but he's still chasing because he was pissed off because he took his legs. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the detail, no, the great Dane story. Um, we won't go into detail, but when when he told that story and the reasons why he had to break the legs and everything to fit it into the boot of the car, like the detail was just, oh, it's extraordinary. Mm. And there was the gerbil as well. <laughs> you yeah, didn't mention the gerbil. The gerbil. Uh, anyway, that's another show. Don't mention the gerbil. Sam Lane and another lady who were watching the second detour movie at the theatre walked out when Tim mm. was telling his stories. They weren't very yeah. happy at and all. What's good, what's good is we've learned from that experience and we keep telling those stories. On a, <laughs> just on a podcast. It's so High-impact stories, yeah. Keep them going. Yeah. There you uh, all right, fellas. It's been a great show. Thanks again to Matt White, Phil Liggett, The Voice of Cycling, as we always say, youtube.com forward slash The Detour Podcast. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Anything you want to add before we go, fellas? Oh, mate, I'm no, looking forward to having um, Ben Stiller on tomorrow night. Going to be huge, huge. Yeah. Reunite the two legends of cycling, Ben yeah. Stiller and Scott McGrory. <laughs> Hashtag bring back Ben. Uh, <laughs> Get the uh, uh, it's going to be massive. So we can't wait. And I and I love the fact how because this show's live and I put Phil under the pump, he had nowhere to go other than yeah, yeah, yeah. Total ambush. Total ambush. ambush. I'll send him a uh, I'll send him a note. So anyway. We'll see how we go. It, it, it will probably be like um, if he, when we said or promised the listeners that we get Eddie Merckx on the show. We know how that panned out. So, anyway, stay tuned. Well, um, sends and, and fiddle. He'll 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 see the humour in this. Probably not. Every, on the hour, every hour, while he's commentating tonight, just send him a text message as a reminder. Mm. Mm. Have you heard back from Ben yet? Have heard you back heard from back ben? from Ben yet? What Do time? It. What time? Do it. Pre-record. Pre Pre-record. <laughs> Do it. He'll love it. He'll love it. Anyway, stay tuned. Tomorrow night, Ben Stiller will be on the show. We'll see you then. 6.30. Pre-record. <laughs>